Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, August 1, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's discuss what happened late last week leading into today. We'll get the big picture of what's going on, and then we'll drill down, see what's jumping off the page on the daily chart, and we'll go from there. Our main objective is to get a solid assessment of where the market is and what the next likely move is going to be. So what we have here is the same thing we've been talking about for several days. We have the breakdown box. So the market went up into the breakdown box, basically right into the middle of the breakdown box. And here we are, first day of August after the final day of the rally into the breakdown box, and they're going sideways still. So therefore, we're going to take a look at both sides. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So number one, they get up into the breakdown box, into the 100 period moving average, Weekly chart, mind you, is into its 100-period moving average, on-time type of situation, into a big-time breakdown candle high. The high is 416.61. They haven't got that high, but they're in the neighborhood of the highs. They stopped around the 100-period moving average. It's a convergence of the 20 and the 100. We talked about this a number of times. I said the market was likely to get sucked up into that price level into that zone. So what happened? They got sucked up into that zone. Funny how that works. When you look at the monthly chart, we have a monthly breakdown candle. The high here is 417.44. So the net net is based on the weekly chart, the monthly chart, and a number of other things. Can the market move higher? And the first answer to that is yes, of course it can. Can and will are two different things. So we go back to the daily chart and we say, all right, so they got up into the breakdown box. There is a lot of overhead resistance up in this zone. What happens if they're able to get over this zone? Well, then they get sucked up into another leg higher. Where would that take price? When you're the umpire calling balls and strikes, you have to say it the way it is. And we're looking at roughly four and a quarter. And here's the way that would work. Let's say they're able to push through this area above this high, which is really the high peak of the breakdown box. The high is 417.44. We just looked at that on the monthly chart. And they're able to push over the monthly breakdown candle high over this eating time off the clock consolidation period where the market broke down. And by the way, that's another thing. And all this stuff is taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Not only is it all the things we just discussed, but the market loves to do what? It loves to come back and check in at former breakdown and former breakout areas. So we remember that while this was consolidating here in a bullish formation, thinking the market was going to go higher out of that bullish formation, instead, we had a big time breakdown. So what the market did last week was come back to retest the area from which the market collapsed, period, full stop. Two more important things that we want to talk about on this daily chart. What happens if they're pushing above the breakdown box? I mentioned four and a quarter. Where does it come from? How about this breakdown candle high? Exactly four and a quarter. 
It's the next big time daily chart breakdown candle high in the sequence if they get over 417.44. We could see somewhat of a squeeze operation if they start pushing higher. By the way, let's not forget, let's talk again about the breakdown box. There's a lot of traders that understand this area. There's a lot of traders that are waiting for price to get up to this area and we're happy to at least dip their toe in on the short side of the tape. Therefore, it's very similar to the traders waiting for the breakout after this consolidation or eating time off the clock in a bullish flaggish thing. They were waiting for that. Traders buy long. The market collapses. They get a pie in the face. I was included in that. So now, are we going to have the opposite effect? Instead of finding resistance here and coming back down, are they going to blow through this area to the next big time spot and give traders a double whammy? Put that down on a sticky note, double whammy. Okay, now we talked about price, we talked about the patterns on the chart, we talked about all that stuff. Now let's talk about time. Why is that? Because time is more important than price. Time is something I teach extensively in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. There's a number of different ways to look at and analyze time. We're gonna talk about a couple of them right here. So one way is from a big picture, cyclical type of situation, cycles. So when that being the case, we're looking at the beginning part of August for one of these cycle culminations. Could it be Wednesday? Could it be Friday? Could it be next Tuesday? Somewhere in that neighborhood is one of those culminations of time. So here's the other thing that we have to know, and this coincides with what we just talked about if there's another leg higher. Leading into these time cycles, if you will, it's not uncommon for the market to trade in the same direction right up into that time frame. If the market was trading down, continues down into that cycle time frame. If the market's trading up, it can continue up into that cycle time frame. However, there's always some caveats. We have to talk out of both sides of our mouth from time to time. So here goes the umpire stuff, calling balls and strikes, giving you a little bit of nuance to that situation. In a trend, whether it's an uptrend or a downtrend, that has an impact on when the market is going to make a turn the majority of time, if it's going to make a turn. Case in point, let's say the market is in a very strong uptrend. We have a cycle where the market's coming into a cycle, the market's trading down into a shallow pullback. We're looking to buy a pullback to continue the uptrend. This is a hypothetical again. Sometimes that timing mechanism, that timing cycle, will come in a little bit early. Remember the trend is your friend, it is the dominant thing. And therefore, in that case, the trend kinda has a little bit of dominance over the cycle, and the trend pulls the market up maybe a little bit before the exact timing of the cycle. I've seen that happen many, many times, specifically in a bull market. What about the flip side? Right now, we have a bear market rally, or a bounce in a downtrend. The trend from a bigger picture perspective is down. Therefore, what do we think about the cycles? Well, again, we don't know for sure, but from observations over time, I would say in this bear market rally type of phase, 
Don't be completely shocked to see the cycle get extended a little bit, meaning the bear market rally may go on a little bit longer than a bread box. That would support the case. We may have another leg higher. Again, we don't know. I'm giving you all the different scenarios, and the way we know is if they hang out around here, if they just eat time off the clock or begin to continue pushing a little higher toward the top end of this breakdown box, then the evidence is going to start to mount that they're going to have another leg higher up to where? You got it. It's already on the sticky note, four and a quarter. Now let's qualify this for a second. Let's say they run a test of 417.44, which is the high of this candle here. We talked about it before. That doesn't mean they're going to four and a quarter. If they get above and they start closing daily above, that opens the door for four and a quarter. Running a test of 417 and change is essentially running a test of the monthly breakdown candle high. That's just a test until proven otherwise. Also, from a daily chart perspective, from an on-time type of situation, again, taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader, both here and here, the low and then the secondary low, also both could be considered an on-time type of situation. So think about this for a second. Daily chart, we have an on-time type of situation. Weekly chart, we have an on-time type of situation. Both charts into resistance areas, moving average, breakdown box, convergence of moving averages on the weekly chart. You see how all this is going. This is essentially a full stack situation and we're going to use Friday's low. Friday's low price, 406.77. Start getting below and closing daily below Friday's low. And it's likely we're going to see more of a pullback situation. So you got an earful about the scenario from a big picture perspective. We have numbers on the upside to watch for. We have numbers on the downside to watch for. The only thing left is for somebody to comment under the video that I never say anything. I realize these are drive-by morons. My mother told me a long time ago, never argue with a moron. There's nothing to win. But I can't help myself. I'll argue with anybody. Let's check out what was going on inside the numbers today. We'll run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Couple of things happened, but for the most part, it was a rather quiet day. And really what they did was ate time off the clock in a rather narrow range right around the moving average, right around the highs, a little beneath the highs from Friday. Mrs. Market really didn't give us a bunch of information today. So happy Monday after reaching the breakdown box last week and a little bit of a pullback last night into this morning, they're still hanging around in the neighborhood. What we do know is that there's a pretty big resistance zone up there. That's the breakdown box. We know about that. What we're doing here is setting the table for the day. I like to start with the big picture, and then we narrow it down from there. Can they push a little higher? Of course they can. Can they begin to pull back from here? Of course they can. Both answers are yes, and we don't know which one first is going to happen today. We come prepared for both sides of the tape. If they continue the trip up north, we've got 412. That was Friday's close. Above that opens the door for a test of last week's high, right around 413, and I'm rounding here. It's within pennies. 
above and they get sucked up to 414 and a quarter. They didn't do that, but it's good to know your numbers and have them at your disposal before the market even opens. If they drop, the first place of a support nature is 410.65. That'll get narrowed down a little bit later. Below that, it's bunched up all the way down to 408.50. Now, bunched up means they can go all the way or find a number in between, find some support, and begin to bounce. Bunched up means there's a lot of numbers in a very compressed area on the chart. Bunched. Here, we have a five-minute chart where right of the vertical happens to be today's activity. You can see here in the first five minutes of trading today, 408.50 against a low of 408.40, and she took off back in the other direction. There was also some unfinished business down around 407.65 as a just-in-caser. Let's move on and see what happens as the day begins to roll along. Right out of the gate, I was a buyer of 407.65 sooner than later on a shakeout operation after the opening bell. Wasn't necessarily a buyer at the 408.50. Doesn't mean other traders weren't buyers. I was a buyer at the unfinished business place. Again, right after the open, I'm still a buyer down there. I wanted to see a spike of that place, the 408.50 go finish the unfinished business, that would have been really the trade I was looking for. By 9.35, we know 4.09 is our pivot. And we know that gets confirmed later by the fact that they made a low of 4.09.07 and then retook off in the northern direction. They came back to run a test of the pivot. Funny how that works. We're moving along. They push higher. The gap left open is 411.78. That's from Friday. There's a lot of space in between current price and the gap up north. 410 and a quarter should be resistance above that, and they work on the gap. And they did that. Then, as the morning creeps on, we move the pivot up to 410 and a quarter. You can see here, even later in the morning, they come down to run a test of the adjusted pivot. It pays to know your numbers. We had 412 as overhead resistance and the gateway to Friday's highs. And then they ran up to 412, it's overhead resistance. They can push above, but it's still overhead resistance. So we had some traders in the room that took a short. Jordan took a short up in that neighborhood. Other traders from inside the numbers took a short at 412. There's your run up to 412, your pullback away from 412. You're booking profit along the way when they come back up. You exit the rest of your position. You hold a trailer for the just-in-case. If they turn around, you can't take a loss. You've already booked a profit. You scratch out of the rest, which is precisely what Jordan did in the room. And we're moving along by 10.06, and there it is. And that's why we don't let them go against us once we're in the money. We book a profit along the way. It starts with a scalp with potential but we want to protect against a run above Friday's high. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. In the interest of time, I'm going to let traders that are interested from an inside-the-number perspective, an S&P intraday trading perspective, read the notes, double-check the work. See how accurate the numbers are. Challenge me. Today was a rather quiet day, but quiet or not quiet, challenge me one way or the other. The numbers are important. If you know the numbers 
and you have confidence that your numbers are correct, you have a completely different outlook when taking a trade. You have a different comfort level because you have a sense of calmness that the numbers are correct. They're not gonna be correct 100% of the time, they're gonna be correct the majority of the time. Stocks on the move, it was a quiet morning. We only had one that hit its entry objective. It was Royal Caribbean. The rest of them did not, they're off the board. The earnings coming for the remainder of this week, again, get into the fast and furious part. Starting Tuesday morning, they're gonna come like a bat out of hell. This was just a summer doldrum type of Monday situation. RCL, first number was incorrect, second number was correct. All they did was fight their way back to an in-betweener, so it was a no harm, no foul type of trade, unless you only took, meaning you as a trader that took the RCL trade, only took the second price, that's fine, you made money. Camp IWM, same situation as the SPY. They traded up into the 100 period moving average, closed above it twice in a row, that's bullish. Put that on a sticky note. They don't have the same breakdown box type of situation, but they traded up into this zone anyway. We'll call it a breakdown box, I like the term. What happens if they break out above all that stuff? 194, put that on a sticky note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Let's go back to Friday. Look at the type of move they had Friday. Here was Thursday's close, here was Friday's close. They got above all that stuff and into what? The next big time breakdown candle high. Close above that, start pushing above that, and they'll get sucked up into the 15,100 and change neighborhood right around that 200 period moving average. That's just the way it'll work. Take a look at the weekly chart and right up in that same neighborhood is the 50 period moving average on the weekly chart. So if they come into it and spike through it a little bit, there's your 15,001, 15,200 general neighborhood. What about the Q people? Again, into resistance, however, above the breakdown box. So this is what we were talking about with the SPY. So they're in a different position than the spider on the Q chart. So they're above already the breakdown box. So where did they go? They went to the next spot, 319 and a quarter. I'm not sure if I mentioned that last week. I probably did. The line was already on the chart, so I was talking about it to somebody. After 319 and a quarter, they start pushing above that. Where is it? Three and a quarter, just like the four and a quarter in the SPY. Wouldn't that be a hoot if they both got to their respective handle quarter areas? Three and a quarter for the Qs, four and a quarter for the SPY. Wouldn't that be a slap in the ass if that's where they went to before actually turning around. It's possible. I'm not sure it's in the probable camp, but it's certainly possible. XLF. So they finally broke out of this little consolidation slash eating time off the clock area around the 50 period moving average, and they did what? They went up to fill the gap at 33 and whatever change that is, 33.75. They did it on Friday, and today they pulled slightly back away from that gap. But if they run sideways, eat some time off the clock, what are they doing? What they will be doing if they do do that is eating time off the clock, building energy to make another push higher. To where? They would be going to their breakdown box. You got it. 
put it on a sticky note. If they did all that, and the SPY is pushing higher, and the Qs are pushing higher, the financials will be pushing to where? 35 bucks into the 100 period moving average and into their breakdown box. Now, if they're up in their breakdown box, would that put the SPY and the Qs up in that three and a quarter, four and a quarter neighborhood? It's very possible. You see how all this unfolds? You have to know both sides of the tape. Smash Mouth, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index approaching their breakdown box. You see how all the charts are in a different place from one another. They all trade for the most part together, not necessarily every day, and certainly not to the same magnitude, but they all look very similar. So here, you see Smash Mouth is approaching its breakdown box. Overhead resistance, 242 and a half, 243 in that neighborhood. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. They should at least get to 241.75, 241.85. Write that down, sticky note time. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.